everyone. Welcome to China Money Podcast, where global investors get their weekly dose of local knowledge on investing in China. Go to our website, ChinaMoneyPodcast.com, for more great episodes. I'm your host, Nina Xiang. Our guest today is Chris Brook, CEO and President of CBRE China. He's talking to me in his Beijing office. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Thank you. So CBRE has entered the Chinese market for a long time, since 1988. Have you ever seen the Chinese commercial property market as hot as it is now? Well, no, I, mean, I think as we stand here in the middle of 2012, obviously the commercial sector, both office and retail, has grown considerably. Uh, in terms of investment volume, um, 2011 was a, another very strong year. Uh, about 88 billion RMB of investment properties in the commercial sector traded, which compares with 84 billion in 2007, so very similar level to even the peak of the market in 2007. The first half of this year, about 42 billion traded. So I think we're anticipating a similar year to 2011, even though it's been a bit more subdued in the first half. Now let's look at the overall property market in China. Since the government loosening monetary policy a little bit, the property market overall looks to be recovering, or is it, or is this a temporary blip on the way down? Well, I think you've got to distinguish between residential and commercial. Because I think. Residential, what we have seen as a result of the loosening at the local level and some of the credit um, loosening that we've seen from government, uh, definitely sentiment has improved. Obviously, sales transactions have also recovered to an extent. I think government still will maintain a fairly restrictive policy around anything which would result in more speculation or a, a rapid rebound in prices. So I think we would see on the residential side prices remaining pretty stable. Um, there's for how long? I think stable for the rest of this year. I mean, I think everyone's waiting till. Um, you know, there's obviously leadership transition, there's potential policy uncertainty, maybe some changes in 2013. So I think difficult to see beyond that. Um, but I think for the next six to nine months, we expect there to be not any major further deterioration in prices, but probably some level of consolidation and, and stability. On the commercial side, um, still seeing rents increasing in, in cities such as Beijing. And we're also seeing tenant demand moving to the west particularly to Chengdu, Chongqing, and to a certain extent to places like Wuhan. Where do you see the biggest risk right now in the Chinese property market? For example, retail properties. There has been a lot of building going on. People worried some of them might not turn out to be attracting enough people to uh, keep them afloat. Well, I think that's a genuine risk. I think clearly what we have in the second tier city, what's the provincial capitals and some of the secondary commercial centers particularly, is a mismatch in terms of the timing of supply and demand. So a lot of the cities are developing new CBD areas, new commercial districts, and a lot of that supply is coming on simultaneously. I think one of the, the broader risks, I guess, relating is on the demand side really relates to what's happening globally and, and internationally. And if demand is affected by uh, continued uncertainty and volatility uh, in Europe and elsewhere, then clearly that may mean that certain organizations defer decisions or don't proceed with expansion plans, then that clearly has a, a negative impact on commercial demand in the office sector, for example. Now, from the foreign investors' perspective, where do you see the most likely to succeed in the Chinese market? Well, I mean, I think it's clear that the times when you could come in and buy assets at a relatively low price, reposition them, and then resell them um, for a capital gain, those times are probably over. Um, so from a strategic point of view, investors need to look at um, either coming in uh, and paying you know, true market value for a very high quality asset or they have to develop to own. I mean, I think if you look at the strategy that's been employed by sort of some of the Singapore firms, Capital Land, Maple Tree and others, clearly they're coming in, buying land and building 
for f future holds for their funds. So they've you know they've done a combination of acquisition and development, and um, I think that flexibility is something which investors need to build into the plan going forward. So they need to get their hands a little bit dirtier than before and uh, obviously come with this another different set of challenges, particularly when you go to second tier, third tier cities. Absolutely. I mean, I think there is the need to have very strong local market knowledge around these opportunities and to have people on the ground that really understand the dynamics of the market and the way that the market varies across geography. Um, and also if you get into development, there's a whole host of other risks around transparency of the market, the land acquisition process, um, the currency side of things, bringing funds on shore, and the whole regulatory framework around being a developer versus being an investor. How about distressed opportunities? Is that a safe place for foreign investors to get into? Well, I think it very much depends on your definition of distressed. I mean, I think in, in the broader context, China, we don't really have a distressed asset market, but obviously there are developers who are facing funding difficulties. Um, I think as long as the, the project is backed by the right collateral and the sufficient guarantees are in place around how to exit, um, there are a number of investors that have been inject, injecting equity or providing mezzanine finance to developers to help them through to complete projects. So again, it's about the collateral and the guarantees and the, and the contractual relationship to make sure there's enough comfort that uh, the risk can be mitigated as far as possible. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. That's today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, go to our website, chinamoneypodcast.com, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much. Until next time.